Welcome back to the Chuck and Shoop Show. I am your host, Shoop, and I'm with my boy. Chuck, what's up, everyone? Yes, Chuck and Rudy in the house. We got another jam-packed, put some jam on that peanut butter and jelly type of show today. Today, we're going to go over a few hot topics among the NFL's recently eliminated teams. As well, we're going to highlight this week's divisional round matchups. Can they deliver like this week's matchups did? Boy, Chuck, they really did deliver, didn't they? Hey, let me tell you, I think I think we had the best wild card weekend. I think in the past five years. I think it was that electric, even though there were like only two blowouts, but every other game was close as hell. A lot of upsets. Yeah, right. A couple of um was it just one upset? So love it. Yeah. Before before Monday night, um, you really only had one half of uncompetitive football, which was the uh, the second half of Seahawks Niners. Other than that, it was great. So hopefully more of that coming up. Uh, but you know how I like to kick things off. Oh yeah, how it's because it's got a little dubs and L's. You know, get the get it going. You got a dub let's, for us? Let's roll them in. All right. So my dub is going to be college basketball. So there was a record set this past Saturday for the most ranked teams to lose in a day. I believe double-digit ranked teams lost. It was either 11, 12, 13, but you get the picture. Mm. Parody in college basketball is here in a way that's never been before. I mean, you have different programs now rising to the top every single season. Uh, now you got Houston, who's not from a traditional power conference, although they've had some success in recent years. Now they're the number one team in the land. Uh, five years ago, you would have never seen that coming with the Dukes, the Kentuckys, the North Carolinas of the world who always dominate things. They're, they're not as dominant as they've always been. And then you've got some other teams that, for the, for the first time ever, Florida Atlantic is in the top 25 with only one loss on the season. Great for their program, but it also shows how even things are in the the major conferences with all the, the mid-teams. And then you got College of Charleston, who's rise, risen into the top 20 with only one loss this season. And then you got UConn coming back, reverting back to power. I mean, uh, it's not tournament season yet. Tournament season really kicks off once football season's over. But this tournament is going to be maybe one of the best ever. It's, it's going to be so close, so packed, and almost impossible to predict. But I'm ready for it. I'm I'm super excited. Uh pointed out point out a couple teams for a dark horse. Uh I like Creighton to make the final four. I don't know why. And Alabama. So even though those allegations happen, but with that kid, but those two, look out for them to go into the final four. Okay. Uh let's see. Roll up a dub for us, Chuck. Now I don't really t- I was looking for a dub this week. Couldn't really find one. A lot of L's this week, though. I do have like Three or four L's for us. So first L is going to go out to Joey Bosa uh, for just being a crybaby uh, for not getting like a holding call uh, or no, it was a, a false start call that happened a millisecond off from the snap. But if you watch it multiple times, like they're really not going to call that unless it's blatant. Yes. Should have been called. I yeah. hundred percent, I guess. But at the same time, you don't have to stand on the sideline look around, smash your helmet, 
your head coach picks up the helmet, gives it back to you. You're still technically on the field and then you smash it again. And then they just scored a touchdown. And now you cost yourselves a closer extra point for the other team. And for you to now have a two point deficit instead of a three point deficit, because then Trevor Lawrence reaches over, gets the two and that's got to be the L of the month for Joey Bosa. Like guy has serious anger management issues and he needs to get like just resolved. And he barely made any plays in that game. I checked his stats. I I don't think he played a lot, but still like zero factor in the game, one tackle, one solo tackle and one assisted. That's just two total tackles, no sacks, no pass deflections, no nothing. His impact was losing in the game. Exactly. Exactly. And, and we should have saw that because we both picked chargers that we should, it was always Jack's. It was always Jags. It was always besides, the Jaguars. Yeah, besides, besides that, another L. Got Cowboys kicker. Now, I don't know if he had money on the game um, <laughs> or if he had the yips, but you usually don't get the yips in a playoff game. The yips are usually a thing where you just forget how to completely kick. So, I mean, at least he was kicking, kicking it, but I don't know what that was. The last time somebody missed two extra points – well, not even four. No one's ever missed four. I don't think anybody's ever missed four extra points in an NFL game, regular season, postseason, ever. And the closest anybody's like missed in a row was like two extra points coming into this this season or something. So huge L on that. I hope he got his money because I think he had the under, um, the live under, but I don't know what was going on there. Third L. Now he's getting old. I talked about it last week. Australian Opens starting off, right? It's getting hot. I think um, Novak Djokovic is back. But unfortunately, Nadal took a huge L and lost in the second round. Now, he's probably getting old. Federer just retired. He's one of the other guys like that I grew up with watching. So maybe he's washed. But to see him lose in the second round of the Australian Open, one of the major Opens happening in tennis, just not a good look. And I think his career is going to come to an end soon. Someone else got to take that uh, title as a uh, next big tennis star. Oh, yeah. The old guys are fading out and there's no big names have yet to take their appearance, uh, um, take their place on a national stage. Yeah. Someone's got to step up. Yeah. So three really deserving L's. Let me add a, a fourth one for my L. And I'm going to give it to the Ravens locker room as a whole. The Ravens, if you had a rank or at least group, you're the best franchises in the NFL, most well-run franchises. I'd venture to say the Ravens would be up there. Yeah. So it was really it it really surprised me to see some of the things that I heard before the game and after the game regarding just the overall morale of the team. And obviously all centers around Lamar Jackson. Is he healthy enough to play? Or is he resting for a new contract? I guess we will never know for sure. I mean, we don't know the pain that he's feeling inside his body. We also yeah. do know that, that he's going to be a free agent and doesn't want to risk further health. But what I heard from Sammy Watkins, you know, a new guy on the team, he, not this, he's an established veteran in the league, but not on the team. Yeah. And him saying that, uh, oh, we, uh, Lamar should play for us, essentially what he's saying. Like, Lamar's got to get out there and be with us, be with the guys. Um it sounds like John Harbaugh is either covering something up or he's not spreading this message enough about we got to win no matter who's who's our quarterback. 
it seems like they're all just reliant on Lamar playing and no faith in any of their backups. You know, where would the 49ers be if they had that same mentality? Um, and then you have J.K. Dobbins after the game, who obviously extremely frustrated. You had a chance to take the lead and it goes the complete opposite way and you didn't get any way of controlling it whatsoever. But him saying, like, I'm frustrated to get the ball and adding on saying, if we had Lamar, we would have won. Like, just kind of throwing your quarterback under the bus there. Um, there's something something weird is going on that hasn't gone on the Ravens' locker room. They usually keep things under wraps. But then you had, you know, Lamar Jackson make a long and eerie Instagram post about not being treated right. Yeah. And this is something that uh, should have never gotten to the public. But now that it has gotten to the public, some truth bombs need to start coming out. Because otherwise, the Ravens are going to head towards dysfunctional territory. And with the rise of the Bengals in AFC North, they might fall into the tier of the Browns if they're not careful. I completely agree. Um, definitely not a good look for the organization, but at the same time, like, like I don't know. I probably maybe I wouldn't. I would have reacted the same way, but probably to the public, not release those statements. I would have kept it to myself if I was J.K. Dobbins. So yeah, huge L on that part. Um, I definitely blame the organization though for how he feels because the offense they implemented is basically Lamar Jackson's offense. And both their backup quarterbacks are literally Amar, Lamar Jackson adjacent to their running styles and passing styles. So that's why they had those backup quarterbacks on their team to replicate the same offense, right? Mm-hmm. And it still worked. They almost won the game and everything. It just it just makes it worse because I under I actually understand what JK's saying. They just literally put it and that on that play, on that reach over, like just a just a dumb play, QB sneak on the two. Like, I get where Jacob Dobbins is coming. Like, give me the ball or give a running back the ball in that situation. Get him to the one, then run the sneak. But to say that stuff publicly, like, he's got to turn around, walk right up to Lamar Lamar Huntley. Like, walk right up to Tyler Huntley and say, yo, I'm sorry. Like, because that's that's not how you want to go into the next season. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be a very interesting offseason in Baltimore. All right. um, So, enough of dubs and L's. Mm. Uh, We're going to do some – we're going to fire up a few NFL debates about some of the eliminated teams this week. Here we go. Um, so let's kick it off right away. So our New York Giants had a very impressive victory over the Minnesota Vikings. Um, and there's an article that came out about Kirk Cousins on SB Nation saying that he will never win a, he will never win a Super Bowl because he's, quote, the Costco of NFL quarterbacks the Costco brand quarterback to be more precise. That's brutal. So, so here's, here's the debate. Chuck, her cousins, is he a Super Bowl winning quarterback? Is he the piece? So most people would say no. Right. But I'm going to go out and say, yes. I mean, he really didn't uh, make any like turn. He didn't create any turnovers in the last game against the giants. He played to his potential. Um, he made plays. He had two touchdown passes. 
Uh, yes, he didn't give it to his guy, Justin Jefferson. Maybe he didn't throw it up a- enough to give him a one-on-one chance, but throughout the game, the Giants are bracketing him, double-teaming him the whole the whole way. But I think if you put Kirk Cousins on the 49ers, I think he can excel just as well as Brock Purdy and go on t- to win a Super Bowl with the team he has. Because essentially, in my opinion, with Cousins' whole team – it was his defense that I think really like, even though he probably made stupid mistakes or threw interceptions, it was always his defense that led up like 30 points a game or like 27 points. And then they're behind because in the, I'm pretty sure in the NFL that the Vikings point differential is like the worst in the league. And it was, I, I don't know the number, but I, I definitely know they had the worst point differential, but essentially, yes, I do think her cousins can still rock it. Uh, Chuck, I'm going to tell you why you're very wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kirk Cousins has had an awful record in primetime ga- games in his career. We know that already, but it's it's very it, – does he show up in the big moments? It's super or does apparent, he, yeah. Or does he stat pad against the, the lower-tier teams of the league? I mean, Kirk Cousins, he didn't have a bad game by any means. Um Versus the, versus the Giants, he actually put up some really good numbers. He was uh, turnover-free, um, and he he hit Pat. I mean, he didn't hit his best receiver, but he hit Hawkinson well enough to keep moving the chains and keep them close despite the bad defense. But it really comes down to those clutch moments. And on a fourth and eight, you throw a check down pass. Um, you know, where, where was this? Earlier in the year, when you played the Bills, and you, you actually you threw it to the line to gain, and then your receiver made something happen. Uh, it's that mentality in the playoffs where he said that he he said after the game that he felt pressure and he wanted to get the ball off, which 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 is which is good and all, but that means he was playing scared. Bottom line, he was playing scared, and um, the Vikings have done everything. To build around before he's I can't name a time he's had a bad offense around him and obviously he's had he's had better defenses under him in the past but it's not like he was winning with those either um so I think Kirk Cousins will always be the guy that can get you wins but not the wins when you most need them definitely when you I mean, yeah he won't get it when you most need them but Put him on the 49ers, I I think I think he wins just as much. That's I don't know. That's my debate right there. I think he can do just as better as any other organization besides the Vikings. The Redskins, I mean the Commanders, Washington screwed him over, didn't really give him a chance. Then he goes to the Vikings. He balls the fuck. I mean, he essentially balls the fuck out, right? But he's not winning primetime games. That organization, the Vikings as a whole, they don't win championships. Like they're not a championship organization. If he was on the 49ers, Patriots, or Cowboys, all championship organizations, I think they'd put him in the right place. I think he wins those primetime games. But I but that is a good argument with the primetime games. Very fair. Let me ask this one last question on this. Yes. Joe Flacco, the current Joe Day Joe Flacco was the 49ers quarterback. Do you think he would also win be able to win a Super Bowl with that team? I think so too, dude. I think so too. O line also 
goes a long way. My prime example is Tom Brady. I will never say – oh, I'll say, okay, Tom Brady's a go. Yeah, seven Super Bowls, whatever. I don't really care. I will always say this, though, about Tom Brady. Luckiest career to ever happen. Now, mm-hmm. put it at, I'll put it at that. But it's better, be lucky to be, better be lucky than good. Let's uh, let's segue into that. Let's talk about Tom Brady a little bit. Um, yeah. So he flamed out in the first round of playoffs. Um, it looked really bad. Um, I mean, he was just making stupid mistakes. Uh, starting with the interception in the first quarter, where he threw yes. into the back of the end zone, miscommunication of the receiver. Um, and he's just been. It wasn't just his playoff game. He's been inaccurate the entire year, um, and you know, seemingly just like he's playing with fire but like um it doesn't seem like he's enjoying the game as much as he used to it seems to be frustration a lot so here's the question chuck mm-hmm. should tom brady retire see i said i said if if the he lost his last game i thought he was retiring right i mm-hmm. i changed my mind i don't i don't think the guy's just gonna hang it up after this year because I think he's just got a lot more left in the tank. He's 45 years old. He had the most passing attempts and completions in a season in the NFL. And that and that was just this past year. And at 45 years old, throwing the ball 60 times a game, I'm, I'm also going to say that's impressive. But at the same time, that's wearing him down. So he after that press conference he had with the journalist and said, thank you for everything and being patient with me and all this shit, he's not coming back to the Bucks. But I do think he's going to go to a place like the Raiders. We might see him. They, 49ers might, might drop ship on Trey Lance for a year, pick up Tom Brady. He's got an O-line, a, a run game that he can bounce off of. Because that was Tom's whole career. He had a run game, a defense, and wide receivers. And then that's what the 49ers have. The Red the Raiders don't have a defense, but they got wide receivers and a line and a running back. And I'm thinking of another team, but I can't really put it on my two fingers. Ravens? But I don't I don't I don't think Raven yeah, Ravens, if they change their offensive scheme. Because if the Ravens step oh Ra- yeah, Ra- no, that's what I was saying, Raiders before. Raiders. Oh, okay. Um but yeah, I mean if if that team has an O line and a defense, I think he's still playing. Listen, I there comes a point in every great player's career where this guy thinks to himself, what more do I have to gain? What more does Tom Brady have to gain? The only thing I can really think of is getting his crypto losses back. Other than that, yeah, like he's just <laughs> he's living long enough to to make himself the villain essentially, or mm-hmm. like, I think it's just best for his legacy to just take a multi-million dollar broadcasting deal, which he will get automatically. It'll be handed to him as soon as he puts in his retirement papers. hundred um, percent. Because uh, I can't, I can't see him go out like this. I mean, we talk about talented teams with this Bucks team has so much talent, great running backs, Great receivers, great defense, full of veterans. I mean, offensive line was shaky, but I mean, this past game he got his star center back. So, and he's he was, it wasn't the protection really that was the issue. He was just he, he was just not making the right plays. Uh, 
Brady's got nothing to prove. Uh, would I? Would it hurt to see him come back? I guess not. But um, I, I think if he hung it up now, everyone will still say he's the greatest player of all time. If he keeps going, he keeps just ruining his legacy like this. Um, then I don't know, it's just it's just not a good look. Uh, I think if I think Brady would go out now and we could say he never had a bad season in his career and just leave it at that. I I I I do agree with you on the he, making it his career worse, and but I just don't think he's going to end on a eight and nine season with a playoff loss. But we'll see. You know, we'll we'll see. have he'll have to end at some point. That's, exactly. for, that's for sure. And will right. I be so, mad if he wins another Super Bowl? Yes, I will be so mad. But that'd be nuts. That'd be nuts. All right, let's uh, go to our final debate. So, Chargers Jaguars game yes. of the weekend. I think we could both say, uh, despite all the good games. Uh, the question that I'm going to propose to you: So, did the Chargers choke, or did the Jaguars impress? Which one was more true? So, I'm I'm gonna go out here, hot take right off the bat. I'm gonna go with neither. And I'm going to and I'm going to say again, we were both wrong in the beginning. We picked Chargers cuz we thought Joey Bosa was coming back. Well, I we picked were, Chargers we because I thought Joey Bosa was going to coming back and they had other guys coming back, which they did yeah, make the an imp- they right? They made an impact early. They did make an impact early. They got three interceptions, a fumble, well, no, four interceptions and a fumble, I'm pretty sure. That was all in the first half. But as I watched the game again, because when I watched this game, I only watched the first half, and then I was hammered in Hoboken, went to the city, and then I saw the last four minutes, and I was like, no fucking way that they just came back. But then I watched like the whole game again. Those interceptions, Chargers got short field. They scored like that, right? Jaguars were moving the ball efficiently. Like one of the throws, like, yeah, maybe it was pass interference, but it was all on Lawrence. He just threw it right at the DB. Another one, Asante Samuel actually made a great play and picked it off, but maybe the ball was a little behind and Trevor Lawrence just fucking threw a dud. Um, other picks were another one was tipped in the beginning and that gave them short field. They started on the 30, the Chargers scored. And then the other, I forgot the fourth pick, but essentially those five turnovers attributed, I think, to five scores. And Yes, I got lucky that that fifth score was a field goal to make it like uh, I think it was thirty to fourteen or something like that. Yeah, but it's but and this was in the third quarter, but I think the whole time the Jaguars literally shot themselves in the foot, and I don't think the Chargers' defense was really ready for the pass attack because when the Jags went out in the beginning of the season, got all those wide receivers, and we were like, "Bro, Christian Kirk ain't that good. Evan Ingram's not that good." Uh, Zay Jones, Marvin Jones, like ETN's hurt coming off a hurt season. Lawrence just had one of his worst careers in his football life. But then they come back from being three and seven, make the playoffs. Like Doug Peterson's a good coach. Like they're a good football team. Their defense has insane linebackers, Cisco and Josh Allen 2.0. Like those guys, they, they ball out. And I think, Essentially, they are a good team, and they shot themselves in the foot early, and the Chargers just got a big lead because I don't think I think Staley's the worst head coach in the NFL. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Well, I guess the way that I'll attack this is when you're given easy opportunities like that, 
you should capitalize. And the Chargers, the Chargers did. Uh, but I, I'm going to go up to take the Chargers choked. But this goes back to week 18. Mm-hmm. When Brandon Staley had uh, a clean slate, he didn't have to play any of his starters. He could have rested them. But he chose to play them, and Mike Williams is getting hurt. I guess players can get hurt anytime, but it was still a dumb move to put him out there to increase the risk of that happening. So how does that impact this game? Well, the Chargers are an infinitely better team with Mike Williams on the field because it gives Herbert two deep threats along with the running game to really operate that offense. Now you got you got one major threat and a couple other viable receivers. But what happens in the game? DeAndre Carter gets hurt. He's their uh, he's their third option at this point. Yeah. So he's their third option at this point. Uh, he gets hurt, and then they have their third string receiver, who's like the only guy left to take his place, Michael Bandy. And they they run a a sweep play on a third down to try to pick up a critical first, and it gets stopped short. Uh, so Brandon Staley is essentially putting the same he he would normally put Carter in that situation, but he put the backup receiver in that situation to run it with him instead of you know maybe going to Eckler or going to getting Allen out in the flat. Um, the Chargers were gifted points. And they, with all this, the talent they have on that team, they still couldn't find a way to put up points. Yes, the Jaguars, I also, I also think the Jaguars were impressed in the comeback, and Trevor Lawrence showed great resilience. But this is really about the Chargers uh, blow, blowing an opportunity to really make an impact in the playoffs. And that started in Week 18, and it culminated in the finish of that game. Regardless, I mean, I do like, yeah, I agree with you. Honestly, you go up 27, nothing and you lose that game. It's embarrassing and there's no excuse to lose it. So I chargers, I'd say 60 chargers blew it. 40 Jacks just weren't ready. Yeah. I don't think any of us are ready for the comeback mm-hmm. like that. No, I was hammered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that game was, that game got me drunk by itself. Yeah. All right. So so check quick. We got five minutes. Yeah. Uh, nine. So one, nine minutes. Okay. Yeah. So so we're gonna be ready for our NFL pick'em. All right. So we got four divisional games to run down. Let's run them down real quick. We got Chiefs versus Jaguars. Chiefs minus eight and a half. Chuck, who do you like in this one? All right, you already know. I'm I'm going, you know, I'm going Chiefs. It was always Chiefs. Mahomes gonna come up big. Look for um, Mahomes anytime touchdown. He's going to run it in. I think the Jaguars are going to play tight, though. I think they are going to play very good defense right off the bat. Chiefs, they're going to create turnovers. They just watched a film. He threw five, He threw four interceptions. Now, one of those was an amazing play. One was a tip pass. But still, now it's time for Spagnola to bring in his dollar look, his dime look, five DBs on the field, rushing five, bringing back like nine, rushing three. They're going to confuse the fuck out of the Jaguars, and I think Trevor Lawrence is in for a long day. Chiefs. I, I can I see the Jaguars keeping it close until maybe like third quarter, late, like early fourth. Um, it's an us-against-the-world mentality versus Andy Reid's excellence off of extra preparation. Yes. Uh, but the, the Chiefs have gotten a bit better on defense as 
this season has gone along. And yeah. they weren't winning, winning many games in blowouts early season, but they really show what they could do against that Raiders team in the last week of the season uh, that they can actually put opponents away. Um, I think this game is right on the spread. I think the spread's really accurate. I'm, I'm going to go Chiefs 38, Jags 30. I like uh, it. I think, I think Trevor Lawrence, um, with his nerves, especially in, in an environment like Arrowhead, he's not at home this time. He uh, he might get off, play a little bit nervous and get himself in a hole again. Um, and he he's he could definitely throw some garbage time touchdowns against his past defense. Uh, but Mahomes and Reed, two excellent off of the bye week, so I, I got them to win. But Jags covered by thinnest of margin. I like it. Okay, I like the right, Jags. So the New York. I like it too. New York Giants. New York Giants finally won a playoff game. Let's just let's just clap it up. Let's just clap it up real quick. Oh man, dude, you you FaceTime me right after we won. I I just couldn't answer. I was just soaking it in. I was just I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And they said this year was a rebuilding year. It wasn't. It was an evaluation period. Hell to the yeah. And all Giants fans have to be thrilled with how the season's gone. It's already an A plus. But now we go into this game against the Eagles, number one seed. Chuck, how do you think this game plays out? I want blood. I want blood. And again, just like the last game, it's going to come down to the line of scrimmage. Both teams have superior – well, you know, the Eagles have a superior O-line. They also have, you know, um, Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox in the middle on defense. But the Giants, they played stellar up front like last week. Ojolari's hurt. He's got a quad problem. But still, we got Thibodeau and Dexter Lawrence are going to wreak havoc. And guys on the back end, they're going to bracket A.J. Brown. They're going to bracket him just like they bracket uh, Justin Jefferson. Watch to see the first drive. With the Eagles get the ball first, watch the Giants. Let them throw to A.J. Brown, play single coverage over the top of him, just to see the like just to let the Eagles know, like, yeah, all right, yo, I guess we're going to have this all day. Next drive, defense comes on the field. Watch them bracket him. It's going to be the same thing as Justin Jefferson. Yeah, that's good analysis right there. That's exactly what they did with Jefferson to slow him down. Uh, you know, the one thing, the difference in this matchup is the Giants will have Xavier McKinney this time to help in that secondary. Giants blew a couple of coverages in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, you know, the Eagles did look flat going into the, the later part of the season, but you should have Jalen Hurts, who should be fully healthy now. And you have Lane Johnson coming back and playing. Uh, when this Eagles team is at full strength and motivated to win, it, they've been unstoppable this year. Uh, they really, they really took it to the Giants. The Giants can stop their run game. Uh, so yeah, even if they bracket the pass, how they can stop the run? Uh, and Daniel Jones played excellent, but he was going against the Church Vikings defense. The so Eagles defense is is two levels Top above tier. that. Yeah, maybe may, maybe even three. Yeah. Um, so I'm remaining hopeful as a Giants fan because they're a very well coached team. But this is a dominant Eagles team. And you texted me what, you, what I think the spread's going to be. I said nine and a half. It's seven and a half. So I'm going to have to pick the Eagles to cover. Gotcha. All right. Moving on to the three o'clock Sunday game. Bengals versus Bills. The matchup we wanted to see but never got to see. Now we get to see it. Who wins? So we got Joe and my boy Joshy. Uh, I got Bills all the way. Damar Hamlin, they're going to definitely show him at the game. The place is going to fucking erupt. I'm getting chills thinking about it right now. That gives the Bills 
an even bigger chance to play well. It all has to do with Josh Allen and him taking care of the football. He can't play like 2020, 2021 Pat Mahomes, where he's not taking what the defense gives him and he's just chucking up to Tyree Kill or, in this case, Stephon Diggs. He has to take what the defense gives him. And he has to use his – I think he has to use his feet and run for like 60 yards and have two rushing touchdowns because that Bengals defense had a tough time last week against a Ravens team that ran the ball excessively. I think that defense is tired, and I think the Bills are going to take it to them. Also, my lock of the week is Bills, minus five and a half. Okay, and I'm going to go to Bills in a route as well, and I'll put it to you very In a simple. route, I like that. A very, very simple. If the Bengals are down – their three best offensive linemen. Joe Burrow has no chance. No chance. If if a couple of them can play, Bengals keep it close. But I don't with those kinds of injuries, dislocated kneecap and an ankle sprain, even if they're in, they might not be healthy. Joe Burrow, he, they it's it's unfortunate the O line collapse like that, but they're not gonna win in this situation. Bills win. Facts. All right, we got one more. Last Let's game. Squeeze. Let's squeeze this baby in. Cowboys versus 49ers. Game of the week. Yes. Brock Purdy, can he continue to keep doing it? Can the Cowboys finally advance to the NFC Championship game in what must be 20 years? Um, who you got? Let's so historically, um, they've played each other forever. Um, I think the 49ers have the edge on them. Uh they played in divisionals, conference, wild cards. Um, a stat here from ESPN. Teams with five days rest are 9-24 and 24 all-time in the road playoff games versus teams with at least seven days of rest. So mm-hmm. I saw that I saw that stat, and I was like, are the Cowboys going to be ready for this game? Because I think the Cowboys have the better roster on paper with the big names, but I think the 49ers are more than ready. They just want the Seahawks. Their defense is hungry. Their O-line is outstanding, and – I think the only reason the Cowboys win here is if that if Michael Parsons has a, a fucking day up front and their line beats their beats the 49ers line, but I got the 49ers winning. I got a minus two and a half. Mm-hmm. I'm um I hate to say this. Uh this might be the Cowboys year. This might be the Cowboys game to do it. They yeah. match up very they match up very well with the the 49ers because what the Cowboys defend best are running backs and tight ends. And the Niners love going to those options. Brock Purdy hasn't faced a defense like the Cowboys. The best defense he faced was probably, I don't know, Washington. Um, yeah, the, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think it was Washington. He, he played Tampa Bay, but they were down multiple safeties. And every other defense he played was in the bottom half. Uh, he looks shaking that first half. If he faces adversity again, it might be trouble for the 49ers with that defense. Um, and the Cowboys have the receivers to expose was what I think is a weak 49ers cornerback group and their offensive line can keep the 49ers in check. I just think they match up very well. Um, and there's a revenge factor from last year. I mean, I don't want to see it, but yeah. I will very, at the very least, I, I saw the Cowboys are three and a half. They must be two and a half. Now I would have definitely covered them for three and a half. Um, but, uh, two and a half, I think they could cover, um, it's going to be a close oh, it, one. I definitely – I love, yeah, field goal type game. Yes, absolutely. Well, we're going to we're gonna cap things off right here before our time runs out. Yes. But this is, this is Shoop. I'm Chuck. Showtime, we, Mahomes. Get ready for the weekend. Back.
Check us out on Spotify, baby. See us next week, Underdog Fantasy. Yes, Underdog Fantasy. Link in the description below.